Hello everyone, I'm Cynthia Ichisum and welcome to Startup Stories with Cynthia. This is where we talk about the real, relatable, inspiring and exciting journey of startup founders. So, let's get straight into it. To be honest, you know, having this session with Marvin was a very, very enlightening one for me. Lots of um, vulnerable moments, to be honest, from when his co-founder, I would even say his first co-founder for the idea that he had, disappeared and took away all all his money to um, working in a startup and you know winning a pitch but having no product to show and then being kicked out at the end at the end of the day um down to having partnership with like contract developers who are not doing what they're supposed to do so he had to like redesign everything from scratch to you know getting distracted by the startup ecosystem and the fintech ecosystem trying to build a product that is centered around what was popular you know, to like making improvements, making lots of iterations, um, you know, just going through so many phases and cycles as a founder. It's a very, very, very vulnerable podcast. And I feel like it's very relatable because, you know, not everybody's path is as, you know, smooth <laughs> as it seems, right? There's a lot of ups and downs. And I like the fact that Marvin was able to do that, was able to share his values, his opinions, his thoughts, his perspective towards building his own um, startup. And he's up to really, really great stuff. And guess what? I have actually used the product and it does what he says. It's a really, really great um, startup here. And I can't wait for you guys to enjoy the depth of this story. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Startup Stories with Cynthia. It's been a fantastic journey just learning about, you know, founders that are building incredible products in the continent of Africa. I mean, I have here with me another amazing founder who is building a fantastic product that I can't wait for us to dive deep into, um, Hala, right? Um, I have Mervin Uche right here with me. Hi, Marvin. How are you doing today? Hi, Cynthia. Thank you. I'm doing well. All right, cool. So let's get straight into it. So Marvin, right? How long have you been doing Hala for? Like how long? Mm, I've been doing Hala since twenty officially. Yeah. Since twenty fourteen. Wow. Wow. Uh, unofficially, I've been bu- not Hala in itself, like in the in the mission. I've been building the mission of Hala since yeah. twenty fourteen, building the product Hala itself. What is what is what is currently is since 2017 yeah so that that's that's a long time but yeah. i when prior to this period of time like let's say let's go back to when you were young like did you see yourself becoming like a startup founder like doing what you're doing now yeah i'm a child with a single mom who grew, who grew up with a so i grew up with I was born and I was taught I didn't have uh I had an what was that thing where you say you can't uh, you can't learn easily. Mm. Yeah. So I was a special child per se. Well not for long. I was a special child per se. So I grew up in very unusual circumstances. With that who 
trauma. So I used to write in different places. I write one at the top of the book and write two at the bottom. So I didn't know how to write everything on the same line. That kind of child. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's how my very early childhood was. And then I went on to I was I, I was born in Russia and then when mm-hmm. I came to Lagos mm-hmm. when I came to Lagos, Nigeria, um I was I went to a primary school and then over some time, they started speaking to me. So people would come to me and be like, oh, you can talk. You can do this. And they're using, like, positive affirmations to say, mm. oh, you can do this. You are this. You're a smart child. Mm. And all this, I, 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 to be fair, I just learned all this last year when my mom told me because I was not, of course, I can't remember how it was. So the way they were saying all these things to me, I started to pick up words mm. to be able to speak uh, and then. Over time, I became smarter, and then I became normal. <laughs> you get like it felt like <laughs> the people around me, plus the positive affirmations from people around me, mm-hmm. helped me to to become normal at that point, like a normal child. So that's how my very early childhood was at that time. And then I grew up to, I was very inquisitive as a child. So in as much as I didn't have a lot to do because I was alone, I didn't have siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have siblings, so I was alone. So I was very inquisitive. So I stopped watching, I, I used to get bored easily. Mm. So I stopped watching cartoons easily. And then I'll go around and start dismantling things and fixing them. So I was very interested in dismantling things and fixing them and figuring out how things work. Like from very early on time, like right from primary school. And then I remember doing that until I went to secondary school. Secondary school, I was very quiet. Mm. I went to Downsville High School in Lagos. It's a Christian school, very, very important part of my life. So I was there. I was in boarding school, yeah, because I was in boarding school, but I was a very weird boarding, boarding school child because mm. I didn't know how to relate to other people. I was very quiet, very quiet, like extremely quiet. I didn't know how to talk to people. So it was just me. I would go to class when anybody's playing outside to just be me on my desk mm. playing. I was not playing. I was there looking and observing. So I was very good at observing people. Mm. Just wondering why people are excited (laughs) as i was and so but i was always carrying toys from the house i'll dismantle the toys so i'll make i'll take a toy from the home so maybe a toy car so i got a lot of gifts growing up so i get so i'll dismantle the toy car i didn't play with toys i'll dismantle the toys take the rotor take the tires Mm -hmm. take it to school and make a pumping machine or make a fan (laughs) or do something like that's how weird i was at the time so people always observing me so i was you always see things in my bag. Like, yeah. you don't see books as much. So if you put your hand in my bag, something is going to pierce you. So maybe one metal from one toy or one broken plastic or a rotor that was, or super glue. <laughs> so that, that is how, that's a picture of how I was in secondary school. Yeah. And then up until, I think, until, as I getting better, yeah, I was very bad at school, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I was bad at... Uh, school so i was bad at regular school work so mm-hmm. very bad in maths i think i was good in english mm-hmm. yeah like, like the b level good in english not like an a level good in english i was, I was not the person that you look up to and be like oh let me copy your assignments <laughs> or that kind of thing but i was very bad in maths mm-hmm. until one time i liked this girl mm-hmm. who was the best in maths mm-hmm. yeah she was the best in maths and then um, I would go to, I liked that because I was in best math. I wanted to 
talk to her somehow. So one day, I remember when everybody was playing football, I was in boarding school, I went to the hall. I took the further mass project and I decided to just study it on my own. <laughs> to study that further mass project on my own. And then I wrote the exam. Remember, that I used to be very bad. So yeah. one day, before they will give, I'll be the first to give the result. I'm like, oh, you failed because they used me to show how bad the exam was that I failed. And then everybody failed. You no, know, Fodomas was really hard at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everybody was doing way better. So maybe people will get, normally get uh, 65%. And that would be like the best in the whole school. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was really hard. But me, I'll get like 12%. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, I would get like 12%. So it would be me, and that's what they give me. I would just, I didn't mean to check the results. I would just fold it. To look. <laughs> so I would just fold it because I didn't to check. And then they'll call my, they'll call my parents and to tell my parents that, oh, this guy's weird. He doesn't talk in class. No, no more parenting situation. As you understand, over and over again, they'll mm-hmm. call me to the classrooms. And then uh teachers always try to encourage me do what you can do i had bad handwriting i still have bad handwriting so i can't see what you wrote yeah so that is that's how it works until the day i decided that oh i like this girl and i was going to learn this further mass project so i just did the further mass project on my own mm-hmm. studied everything on my own yeah and then i came to class while they were sharing i was the last uh i was the last script to share so everybody failed the exam i think the highest was like 40 something percent yeah yeah and then my scripts came up and I was like 80%. What? <laughs> so it was very weird. <laughs> so it was very weird. So it was like 80%. So the guy took, it took some time to announce it. That, oh, I got 80%. And then everybody in class was shocked. Do you get Because I was not like, oh, use Marvin's scripts as marketing scripts. Uh, do you get like, So people were coming to check how I got it. So I was able to explain like concepts with the way I understood it. So I understood like a further mass problem. I, I answered it like English. Do you get like that simple? Like you can read it, understand the steps. So even though a teacher would take like no, what you normally teach in school would take, you just go from one step to another. You don't really understand what happened there. I will break it down small, small. Okay, you do this, you add X plus Y, I write the reason why you did that here because of this. So I explained it so much that my, my, my script now became the marking script. So this now translates to maths. So every other exam, I started becoming really good. After I was the, after I got to the point where I realized that I was actually really good at maths. I was not good at maths per se. I just figured I was good at understanding concepts when I tried to understand it on my own. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the way it enters my head. And it was easier for me to approach or when I pick interest in something, it was easier for me to approach things. So it affected my understanding of mathematics and then every other subject, economics. I started, I started to get better like in those other subjects, intro tech and then football at the time. So I started, so the, the girl I liked started recognizing me more. But unfortunately, she was dating the head boy. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was just happy that oh, I was recognized more. And I, I was respected. I was just known more. So what now? Next thing, and I started getting more social, not not in terms of girls. Like people started recommend, people started noticing me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one day I went home. I went home and then I came. I thought I had cough, so I was my mom was giving me cough syrup, all the time because of normal cough. So my voice got deeper. <laughs> so as I, 
my voice was deep and then they were giving me cough cough syrup to because it thought it was just that normal oh you're coughing so your voice is just deep so i go back to school and that's how my voice just go deep so i i go quiet again when i go back to school mm. and this was age 14 i go quiet it was age 14 my voice broke i was really tiny mm. yeah it was really tiny so my voice I, I, I couldn't talk to people again because i started to get a lot of attention so i go to the hostel first and then i spoke and it was like who spoke <laughs> You get imagine like the smallest person in the room, and then with the, the best voice kind of thing. So that thing. So teachers will not pick on me on class to ask to answer questions, not because they wanted to hear what I say, <laughs> but I was the person that we used to make the class lively because everybody was shocked by how my voice was. Yeah, and how. So, so I, I just I just got to that point where people not started knowing me more. I still had the normal quiet. Uh, moods, I still was not as out there, but I was more known or more recognized. And then I started playing football publicly, like in front of everybody, people. And then I learned a few skills. So, so people started calling me like Shaquille O'Neal of football. <laughs> to the Shaquille O'Neal of football. And then, so he just stopped. So someone just come like, O'Neal! And so and I spells the O'Neill as O-N-I-L. And then that's how people start calling me O'Neill, like, all the time. So O'Neill now became my my own whiskey, just the same way um, whiskey is whiskey hair. So O'Neill was not the guy. So it was, not, it was what people now got comfortable calling me mm-hmm. if people could not pronounce Marvin at the time. So mm-hmm. my entrepreneurial spirit actually started when I traveled abroad. I traveled for summer in secondary school, mm-hmm. and then, well, instead of instead of uh, going out around doing normal things, I worked for one of my mom's friends that owned a restaurant in the UK. Mm. Yeah, so I was working. I was serving dishes. So they had a Nigerian restaurant, mm. and then a place where they're selling chicken and chips upstairs with like Nigerian spices. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like fifteen, I think, at this time. So I was, that's what I was doing throughout the holiday. No shopping, no nothing. So mm. I, I did this because I wanted to buy a PSP, a PlayStation Portable that time. So I would, what I would do is I would go home, um, study everything about the PlayStation Portable, figure out everything, go back to work, and then earn my small, small money, add it up so that I could buy the PlayStation at that time. So when it was, when I was able to save enough, I went to my mom, she added some more, and then I went to the store, bought the PlayStation. On my way home, they arrested me in the bus because I didn't have a pass. <laughs> so I, we go home, and then my mom was afraid that, ah, Omar, they won't allow you to enter this country again because police has brought you home. First time I come here. So my mom paid me fine. Like, these are the experiences I had. And then, so I was learning everything about the PSP, got some games, came back to Nigeria, came back to Nigeria. In school, I realized that other people too had PSPs. So what I did was I started figuring out how to hack the PSPs so that I could install games for them. Mm. So I would all the games that I had, I would hack it, co- copy it into other people's games, and mm. take money for it. So they were giving me their pocket money, <laughs> so I could uh, install their game. So every time, and then they would tell another friend, "Oh, only the person that installs games or the person that can hack your PSP or can do whatever or can make it work." While I was going to the computer room every time, I was always in the computer room learning how to hack the PSPs. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back and say, hack the PSPs, take their pocket money. Yeah, so I, I was doing all that in secondary school. Then when I go to Abuja, 
and left uh and left 2008 yeah. i didn't write jam with my friends where everybody was writing jam I was like there was no point i was going to go and do a levels and figure out how to go abroad so that was the promise but something yeah. that happened at the time when i got to abuja um my dad my foster dad at the time Mm-hmm. was not available or he made promises he could not meet and then I was staying with my auntie so my auntie's daughter twins had just left Covenant at the time so mm-hmm. they asked me oh just sign up for Covenant it's a good school you if you go abroad you turn to a bad boy no aunties will say so they convinced mm-hmm. my mom and now I went to go and do jam lesson at that time so while I was doing that whole jam lesson thing I was and I realized that people in my estate in Abuja when I moved to Abuja from secondary school had PSPs too mm-hmm. so I would enter bus and go to Wuse Market. And then I met one guy who sold PSP CDs. So what I would do was, I figured out how to use my own PSP to copy games into a flash card. So I'll go give the guy 4,000 naira money I had made, copy all his games, repeat. Yeah, because he's, he's not losing any money. You get Copy all those games, come back home, you'll break people's PSPs and sell those games to people for 1,000 naira each. Wow. Yeah, so I was installing games, doing those kind of things, jailbreak. break. So I was making money from people's PSP at that time. So th- that was my entrepreneurial thing. And this was at around age 16 when I was writing Jump. Okay, guys, so this is going to be quick. I'm just interrupting this podcast, this story that you're really enjoying to just share two major things with you. The next episode of this season you know like i said all um through the past episodes that the last episode for every season would be a conversation with an expert in the startup ecosystem in the african startup ecosystem and so we're going to be talking about you know practical ways we can either improve the ecosystem as a whole or um, practical um, insights that you know founders can take home and like you know practice it in in a sense right like models templates and, and things like that so the next episode that uh, we'll be releasing is not going to be a founder although although some some of these experts can actually be founders but it's not going to be like a startup story it's a bit more practical and i feel like it'll be so insightful for you so don't miss out on the next conversation like i said it's going to be the last episode of every season and once we're done with the last episode you know next week be on the lookout for a new season with fresh stories and fresh inspiration for your journey and then secondly it has always been my desire to be able to teach you know founders practical steps templates models give them something that they can go home with and practice i don't know i have this just there's this emphasis on being able to practice because there's a lot of stories being shared here and a lot of things are being lost along the way and so what i'm doing with the sdc startup school is to teach you um give you all the things you need the tools you need to actually go through that entire first phase of finding product market fit right so if you have an idea in your mind or you're still building building your mvp your prototype you need to sign up for this school it's the sdc startup school i highly recommend it um and registrations are open all you have to do is go to my social media platform cynthia ichisom and sign up 
immediately classes start in march and guess what it's free it's free absolutely we need to get this information out there as quickly as possible because the ecosystem is really young and education has to be number one all right let me leave you guys and let you guys get back to the story yeah so i got into converse university uh 20 2009 and then i my sets as i wasn't friends with my the people that from my secondary school that went there so i had to make new friends and i was hoping that oh i'll continue the business i was already doing at home like hustling psp games and making all those kind of things because i didn't want to disturb my parents for things like pocket money or upkick at school mm-hmm. yeah at, at that time so I would make new friends, try to build relationships first. But in that whole process, my PSP was stolen. So I made a new friend. His name is Dipo Damusa. Mm-hmm. And then we became very close. So we would, he was very popular. Like he likes basketball, was very sporty. Mm-hmm. Like girls liked him very early stage. And then he had an elder sister in school. So mm-hmm. people already knew the name, like his last name. Plus. So he came as a popular kid while I was just a regular guy who was just mm-hmm. his friend. But we were always together. So we used to just try different things together. So we became closer because we used to dare different things. So we studied the same course, computer science, mm-hmm. while we were there. And then, so we would leave our department and go to the and go to the business department where they where they teach where they had courses like economics, students with economics, mm-hmm. and then accounting. So there was like the CDS, was that's what it was called in my time. So we would go there and we because we didn't know anybody there, our goal was to try to see how many people we could talk to at the time and start mm-hmm. random conversations with. So we we're building our social skills. So we just go there and talk to random people. So I was like his wingman and I was his wingman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we figured out how to start new conversations. So people just knew us as the guys that were always going around and then we'll go to another department, maybe architecture, and then we'll make friends. So we were making friends that way. So while we were doing that, we started to develop like our love for computers, like our entrepreneurial love for computers, uh, to see how we could um, sell something around computers together. So we would go to Aki Studio. So internet was really bad mm-hmm. when I joined. So the only internet, the only place where they had great internet was the Aki Studio, the architecture studio. So very early in the morning, me and him would just leave our hostel, go to Aki Studio, spend a lot of time in Aki Studio. Mm-hmm. just learning and googling and just learning different stuff about general stuff so at the time i was learning about apple learning about how blackberries work mm-hmm. computers generally so i was not really interested in school work per se again <laughs> so because at the time they were doing general things so we we're doing general courses in 100 level so i was not necessarily very interested in that thing i was just interested in just learning how just keep myself updated with how computers work, reading computer magazines, figuring out what's going on in the world, keeping up with different things. So we are doing that the same thing together and just learning. So what we now noticed was everybody in the school liked iPods or they did phones were not allowed in Covenant University. Yeah. So what everybody had was iPods. Yeah. Mm. So we so Damusa had an iPod. Mm. Damusa had an iPod. So I was going to the Archie Studio to learn how to jailbreak those iPods to do the same thing I was doing with PSPs but for iPods. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we'll go, we'll learn, I'll figure out, oh, there's, new, there's this new jailbreak tweak. So we'll mm-hmm. both learn it and then we're going to figure out how to jailbreak our friend's iPod. And then on the on the notes, we'll write, oh, jailbroken by O'Neill and our name. And then we'll put my room number. 
Do you get in the notes app of everybody's Joe Broke? So that when another person saw the the iPod touch with the notes, they'll be like, oh, this is the person that Joe broke your phone. You get in case you couldn't remember. And then they'll come to my room. So we're always getting knocks in our room. Oh, I had somebody in this room, Joe Bricks, or Neil, mm-hmm. or something. So that's how we started building that 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 uh we started knowing us in school that oh we are the ones that you broke I iPod touches and sued and installed apps for people because people didn't know what to do. So we kept kept getting better. Then we graduated from there to leaving school to forming a relationship with somebody in Computer Village mm. and then to bring iPod Touches that we could sell. So we're helping people buy iPod Touches, then we'll yeah. break and then we'll install apps for them. So we figure out a business of how to buy your phone, do the whole thing. So I was in charge of fi- fixing the pricing, mm-hmm. how to charge people and how mm-hmm. to get to them. Why Damosa will be the one jailbreaking, you get So he'll mm-hmm. break. I'll know how to do it. I'll study, we'll both learn together. He'll jailbreak and do. So that's how we formed that small business in school. So I was doing that a lot. So we did from iPod touches to the different types of iPod touches. I also grew very knowledgeable about Apple devices. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was like the best. So you, I always knew how to start conversations about Apple devices and tell them how to use their iPods best. In school, I wasn't taking notes with paper. Yeah, deliberately. Because <laughs> one, my handwriting was very bad. So I'll take notes with uh, the iPod touches, figure out how mm. to make it look good. And then mm. other people want to do the same thing. They're like, oh, Marvin. I like that you're taking notes with your iPod touch to want to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. I created a desire in my class. Mm. Yeah, I want for the iPod touches. And then we'll go bring, tell my guy who bring the iPod touches. Right? We got to a point where we built a relationship where the computer village guy was not the one coming to Ogun State with our devices <laughs> to deliver <laughs> at that time. So we, we got there so much and then we were not the ones buying, uh, buying installing, jailbreaking and people's people's Apple devices. And then we went for, went for Apple Touches to iPads to MacBooks. Everything mm-hmm. Apple device related. So it got to a point where I was doing 100,000 a week. Wow. That was 2000 and when you leave see That was 2012, 20... Like that 20, 2013, yeah, that's what we were doing. So would you break so many people's devices? We were doing like 100,000 a week. We just go buy juice, buy things. I had a girlfriend to... You just spend on that. So it was really good. That's when my entrepreneurial spirit really, really started. So I knew that in as much as I was studying computer science, mm-hmm. my goal was going to be at the intersection of how I was going to use my entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. to figure out how and technology to be able to do something. That's what mm-hmm. I knew. So I wasn't I wasn't going for a first class. I wasn't going to be the best student. I was just writing exams to just pass. I was not actually oh, I just I wasn't the best student in class. <laughs> Nobody was you see me in class or I have somebody sign for me, or if I'm not around, I wasn't a bad boy. You mm-hmm. like I was not the person you you see that was running out of school to go and smoke or drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see me, I'm not in school because I went to go and buy Apple devices or I've figured out how to leave school to go and hustle something. Mm-hmm. So that was why I wasn't in school. So I was not really, really bothered about how school things worked. But I just knew by my two hundred level mm-hmm. that I was going to be in the intersection of technology and entrepreneurship at that state. Mm. So that's why I was. This is two thousand. This is two thousand and thirteen. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, your friend, right? So yeah. both of you were doing this thing together, making money together. Yeah. You guys stayed that way even after university. Yes, he's still my best friend today. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So, I mean, obviously, um, I know you have O'Neill still running because you still sell um, iPhones. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but let's talk about like after uni because yeah. you are selling iPods, you know, with iPod and all of that. Mm-hmm. After uni, what happened? Did you get to work in a corporate firm or you just continued doing entrepreneurship? I, after university, I did NYC camp. So I was posted to Abuja. So my mom was figuring out a way to, to work it to get to Abuja. So I was able to serve, do my youth service in Abuja. And then um, I still maintained relationships with people who are already broken in school. So anytime they needed a device or they need someone, it was me they were calling. So I was mm. making small, small money from helping people buy their iPhones. Mm. Yeah, the iPhone 5. Or I think it was iPhone 5, 5 years that time. Yeah. I was helping people buy their iPhones. That time. I used to watch all the Apple events and go to Twitter to explain it. And I worked, I was able to get a job at a telecoms company called Layer 3. It's a networking firm. Yeah. So I I was doing my NYC there. So I was doing that's where I learned customer service. So I was a customer rep there. Yeah. Mm. So we used to do night shifts, answering calls, learning about networking. So they, they got me in because I studied computer science, not because I got networking. So I didn't really know mm. so much about networking, but I was a fast learner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a very fast agile learner. So I could learn. So I used to do night shifts at the time. So we'll go, we'll do like two days, three days day shifts, and then two nights night shifts. So we'll sleep over. And then, so then in case somebody calls in the night, you'll be able to answer the call. So you need to know how to troubleshoot, understand the steps, and how to fix people's uh, networks when they're down. And their customers are banks. So they've provided networks for banks so that they could pass internet or they could pass their private information on VPN. And then you had some private customers. So I learned how to, I learned customer service there for six months. I was really good. So I was hoping that oh, they were going to retain me. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping I was going to retain me. So they didn't retain me. They retained a friend because they retained one of my other guys in the set who were all friends at that place. So they didn't retain me. So after NYC, I go home, selling my, selling my Apple devices to friends anytime they needed. But I wanted to start, I wanted to do it properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, let me set up a physical shop or let me set up, what's the best way now for me to sell my iPhone? without no remember that i couldn't code yes yeah, as much as i carried from Kodan university oh i didn't tell you this part i i did my project i did a really nice project in school so i bought a template made it look really good and i got the best presentation so <laughs> it was so weird it was like a repeat of what happened now thinking about it it was a repeat of what happened in secondary school so at the end of school i became really really good recognized you get so yeah. at the end of at the end of uh see you like towards the project defense i got really good i did my project my project was really really good like my my project defense was the worst i had the worst supervisor at the time that everybody was afraid of Mm -hmm. he really liked me because i knew how to research i knew how to do things so i figured out how to do it and it was really good i spoke well i was able to i did an iphone app of course so i did an iphone app to manage that manages the CU like community university hotel system so i did it worked really well did it. I didn't code anything. I just figured out how to do it on the side. I just hacked a few things together. But on the front, it looked like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and I aced my project. It was, it was that the, the first class students started to miss me. I'm like, bro, I don't even know how I did this thing. <laughs> I don't know how I did this thing. I just got a friend abroad who bought a template for a hotel system for like $20. Figured out he bought it for me. Hacked a few things together. Did the whole documentation and i presented very well and it mm-hmm. just worked 
So all the teachers were like, oh, Mads, that's my student. Like, bro. <laughs> You get uh, so I, I came out with a tutu, mm-hmm. and first class students were the ones coming to me like, "Yo, how did you do this? How did you? like, bro? I don't know how I did it, but I just did it <laughs> because I just knew how to just communicate it." So wh- while I was in, when I came out of back to fast forward to after my NYS, I thought they were going to retain me. They didn't retain me, mm-hmm. and then I got a job. I went to apply for a at a company called Deal Day. Do you know Deal Day? Yeah, the popular company. Yeah, so Deal Day was a discount site. Yeah. For people, so people used to go there to get deals. It was like an um, a wolf conga. So yeah. people, when people went there to look for Xiaomi for five hundred naira, it was normally one five. <laughs> yeah. So I was I went there as the content lead, as the as the content manager, so be able to upload content to the shop. So when so so what I do know is I was in charge of the photography, the media team, people that take pictures and everything, and then I organize all the information and make it visible on the website. That mm. people pumped, and then I was margin that will flow. So I got so good that I became the lead for that thing. What after that year, in the space of a few months. Wow. So this was this is by this time this was 2014, I think 2014, 2015, 2015. They wanted me to move to Lagos, the Lagos branch. I think so, they were having issues, so they wanted me to move to Lagos branch to like help with the content team in Lagos, um, to help lead the content in Lagos. It was a good offer, but while I was there. Something happened. I think that's when I started. As I said, I started my entrepreneurial journey. Like Hala really started there in twenty at that point in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I used to while I was working with content, when I didn't have things to upload, I would follow the sales guys to go and market to yeah. get to bring customers. So I wanted to understand why somebody that had Shawarma for one five would sell their 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 Shawarma for five hundred naira. Something like that. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. So to figure out how they were convincing people to come and sell their things for discounts on their website and what the business of it was. Yeah. So I all follow the sales guys. I'll have conversations with the sales guys. And then that's when I realized that you DD was actually an advertisement website. Mm-hmm. So they tell what the, the pitch was, instead of selling this Sharma one five, we'll help you sell for a discount. So when people come to your shop, they will have tasted this your Sharma. If your Sharma is nice, they'll keep coming back to buy it at your normal price. Do you understand? Mm. So that was what advertisement was. So the money that you would use to spend running ads, for example, is the money that you use to do discounts, which is more effective because to bring a lot of customers to your shop and then they now know your shop and then they can now buy from you. So so that's, that, that was the pitch. That was the common pitch. Mm. So I, I, and I started to think about it deeply. So how this person, that means the only way this person is using the internet is through deal day. If I wanted a direct relationship with this person selling Sharma, how do I start it? Like, how do I do it? I think Instagram was not even that popular at the time. I think Instagram was still blue. People mm. were not really using it for business. It was still a lot about filters. Mm. And just to, you know, people were not really using it the way Instagram is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to build something like Instagram so that that person, I remember that I couldn't code. I didn't have yeah. the code know-how. Yeah, I was figuring out how do me, me now, me now, I want to sell Apple devices. Yeah, how will I do it? Mm. Yeah, because I did not code. I didn't want to build a website and I couldn't afford the physical shop or the stress of the physical shop. So, but there has to be a way for me to use my phone to be able to set up shop and be able to make money on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's what I was thinking about. How can I set up my own shop in a way that people will be able to patronize me the way the way they patronize me in a physical store, but with my phone. Mm. That, that's how rough the idea was. Do you get? Mm. 
Yeah, that's how yeah. the idea was. So I got a few friends together who were, some of them worked with me at due day. Yeah, some got a sales guy, got somebody who was in charge of content. Like, this is what I want to really do. I don't think that um people are really using their phones for business every day, the way they are using social media every day. There's a gap. So you look at everybody's phones. There's really a gap. How do people use their phones every day? And how do they like buy things? There's a gap. Mm. So I figured out how to set up a company, got them to contribute money. We set up the company. We, are, we spent a lot of time setting up the company rather than focusing on the products. This is because I didn't have technical know-how. So I was mm. looking for somebody who was going to be a designer. So I got one of my friends, somebody who bought, who used to come to um, jailbreak his devices with me while I was in school. Got in contact with him and I told him, Oh, this is what I want to do. I need someone that's going to help me design. I'm going to give you a stick of the company. His name is Gabriel Esu. He now works for Piggy Vest. Yeah, so he now works for Piggy Vest. So he, we are together, uh, we are figuring it out. Okay, this is what we want to do. So I was still trying to conceptualize how it was going to work because I'm like, it's really not easy for me. So me now that I can't code, how do I set up my own business in a way that people can use me, patronize me every day using that same platform? And then I'm going to realize that even though you built a website, people do not go to websites every day to buy things. Like, if you think about it every day, I don't go to a website to buy shawarma. Mm. Or I don't go to a website, I go to a physical store. Like, people, that's how people prefer. So a majority of everybody I knew around me were not doing business on the internet. Mm. In as much as it seemed like people were using their phones a lot. Mm. Do you understand that? Yeah. Yeah. And I I still think it's prevalent today. So it seems like, oh, a lot of people use their phones a lot, but they don't use their phones a lot every day for mm. for business. And it's not easy for me now as an entrepreneur who does not have technical know-how to use my mm. phone to start on the internet. And the only other way I could start a business was, okay, I'll go to Instagram or WhatsApp. So the easiest way to start a business was WhatsApp. Well, who are my first customers? So the first customers, I, oh, yeah, this was something I also realized that God helped me understand. Mm. That... um. If you look at your phone book, the average person, they have at least 1,000 contacts on their phone. Yeah. So these are people that already trust you. Mm. Yeah. So the first people to sell to are the people that already trust you because trust is the most important factor of any commerce activity, any business relationship. Mm-hmm. You agree? Like if I don't trust you, I won't buy things from you. True. Yeah. So trust. So these are the people that already trust you. But when people go on social media to try to sell, they're always trying to advertise. But before somebody will advertise, before somebody will patronize you on social media, they will have to figure out how to trust you. So they ask questions of, oh, has my friend bought from you before? How is your friend? Oh, have you bought from this person before? So that whole barrier to, oh, how would this person trust me? Yeah. yeah, how would this person trust me before I can do it on the internet is what I was trying to solve. Because I knew that everybody I saw physically already trusted me. So if I open a small physical shop, mm. yeah, and I contact... 1,000 people might pass me every day. I might sell meat pie to 1,000 people every day. Those people already trust me. But if I'm just selling once and I paid with cash and it went, they don't have a relationship with me again. Mm. So the reason why businesses were not making repeat sales was because they were not focused on maintaining a relationship with people that already patronized them. Mm. You understand? And the most important factor for any business is not to make one-time sales was for repeat business. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's what I was thinking about. That's where my head was at the time. So I didn't have technical know-how, but I just knew this. So over time, while I left due day, I left due day because I knew I was going to focus myself on solving this problem. Like I just had this deep heart bond to, how do I start doing a business the way people use their phones every day? Mm. Yeah, I want, to, I want to, a platform 
that people will use to start their business. People will come there, patronize you, maintain the relationship, the way I use my business every day. So what app do people use the most every day? What are the apps people use every day? Mm. WhatsApp, mm. your phone app, Instagram, and Twitter. Social media apps, WhatsApp, and phone app. So I knew that whatever was going to, whatever people, this app was going to be, was going to work with these four apps. Mm. Yeah. So I was, I started to use my pen. I didn't have, I didn't have design skills. So I used my pen to sketch every day. Oh, how would this work? Okay. This will work with phone numbers. Just like WhatsApp. So it means that I'll collect your phone number. And then when I collect your phone number, I should be able to pay you with my phone number, things like that. Or mm. I'd be able to chat with you, maintain a relationship, know how much it costs, all these kind of things, maintain that whole relationship. And then I'll be able to, it's, it's going to be easier for me to sell to you over and over again. Mm. Yeah, because so if, I'm, if I do broke your iPhone now, it's going to be easy for you to buy an iPhone. It's going to be easier for you to buy an Apple Watch. It's going to be easier for you to tell your friend that you bought an iPhone. And from there, I can have 500 contacts, 1,000 contacts. And 1,000 contacts is all I need to survive. Do you get? So yeah. if I sell to, if I can reach 1,000 people and sell to 1,000, I can sell things that 1,000 people need on my contact and I make 1,000 naira a month from them. That's 1 million naira. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to go and start advertising to new people. Yeah. I just need to keep maintaining the relationship with the people I present. So this was, this was all I, I was working on. So while I was working on due day, I left due day. I was at home for a very long time. Mm. until I got a job. My mom helped me get a one random job with one person. So I was thinking about how to figure this whole thing out. Mm. Yeah, so I started, got my friends. All those my friends I got from DU, they were 13 at the time. All of them left. So it was just me I was left thinking about how to fix all these things. So I was still working on how to ideas this whole problem. So I won't go on to sketching. So my design friend, I was telling him, he spent a lot of time because he spent a lot of time trying to understand what I was trying to say. So he would do his own. And then... Uh, so I didn't have the design skills. So one day I just went to meet him and I told him, oh, give me this sketch. So that mm. the name of the design for was called Sketch. Mm. Yeah. So I used my laptop and installed the sketch. I said I was going to start designing myself. So I started copying every app, replicating, redesigning every app. Instagram, mm. design on Instagram, but to my own tweaks. Oh, I think, so while I was doing that, I was learning how apps work. Mm. Why this button is here. Why people, why Instagram put the post button at the bottom and why they put it at the top or why messaging is here? Why is it a feed? So as I was doing that, I was learning how apps work. Mm. Yeah, while I was still figuring out business. Then I got a job in one other place. It's called MobiDoc. It's called MidLabs, yeah. So the name mm. of the company was called MidLabs. So this was 2016 now, yeah? Mm -hmm. This was 2016. So um, they wanted to build a healthcare service, so a way for you to consult doctors with your phone. That's what they wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And then I applied as a, I applied as a business consultant. I don't know the boldness that made me apply for that, but I just applied because I just thought that I was going to be able to figure it out. I told them that oh, I worked on an idea to do so so and so 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 and so, and then I was going to figure out how to help them, like build these products and get it to life. Mm -hmm. So we formed it, and then over time we came up with a name. I have to find doctors, understand doctors. I will go to MDCN office, medical doctor, dentist organization, whatever, to figure out how their system works, how they kept records, how to verify doctors, what the doctors mm -hmm. want, how to charge people. All of this, I was figuring out all these things. And then uh, I would talk about it on social media as much as I could. People now thought that I was the owner of the company. What's the name of the company? MobiDoc, M-O-B-I-D-O-C. Wow. Yeah, so people now thought I was the owner of the company because I talked about it so much. 
So they now did some form of restructuring and it made me a co-founder, but not the CEO, a co-founder. And then went to pitch for, went to pitch MobyDoc at a, at something called Startup Friday. So this was about, this is 2017, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this was, we went to pitch MobyDoc at Startup Friday. So this was my first ever pitch in front of people. So this was, this pitch is organized by NITDA. Yeah, so Abuja's uh, IT, government's IT structure. And then they had, a, they had something, they had an event called Startup Friday. Mm -hmm. yeah, come to, people come to pitch on Fridays that it was organized. So we went to pitch. We pitched alongside all these companies don't exist too, like Pigivest, Pistar, this didn't exist at this time. I'm just trying to paint a picture of how the environment was. Mm. They didn't exist exist at this time. Uh Pigivest was still was still called their team was still building something called Push CV. There was no Flutter Wave, there was no Pistar. Yeah. Yeah. So at this time, so I went to pitch with uh my friend there, uh, with my her name was uh Zara. We are we are friends at MobyDoc. We used to work together. So I brought her as a doctor. I met her somewhere. I brought her in. She was a dentist to come and be my co-founder at at uh, MobyDoc. And then we went to pitch. So I did a, I practiced this pitch so well, and I did well. And then we won the pitch. Wow. Yeah, we won the pitch in front of everyone. My first ever pitch. So. <laughs> I also in front of this pitch where judges were like Mark Exian. I don't even know Mark Exian. Yes. The CEO of Hotel, the NG, yeah. and Paula I know was there. Uh the the that boss at the time was there. We had a lot of dignitaries, the owner of Habib Yugot. Wow. This kind of people were there, you know, and we, we pitched and then we won that pitch at that time, amongst other companies. This was Abuja, this was 2017. Mm. So at the end of the time, remember we had not built a product. <laughs> we are not building the engineers the people that employed me have yeah. not used the product but I was selling the products like it already existed <laughs> so I, I won the pitch won everything and then we were to go to Dubai in the next pitch because we won the pitch to go to Dubai mm -hmm. and then we they took us to Lagos to be able to meet other founders that whole thing that's how it was and then while we were there there was this other person I met his name was Shedrak yeah. Yeah. So he knew how to code. So they brought him. They brought him into intern so that they could figure out how to build it up. So he was sixteen at the time. Mm. Yeah, he was sixteen at the time, and I was twenty something. So we became close, Sherlock and I. So we go to Lagos. It took us. We came to Abuja. But while while this all this was pending, I was waiting for them to build the app. Mm -hmm. So I like, could show people <laughs> to get there. Yeah. This is what I've been building because like nine months had gone. Wow. A lot of time had gone, and I wanted to pitch. I talked to people. Yeah, so I was getting tired. So remember that my idea was still there of building these products that help people start that help me start a business. Mm -hmm. That will work the way people use their phones every day. Yeah. So that's that that's that was the one line up pitch. An app for for me to start a business that people will use on their phones every day, that worked the way people use their phones every day. Mm. Yeah, so while we were doing that, um and I told I told my friend the developer guy there, Sherrack. Remember, I didn't have a developer friend, so he yeah. now became my developer friend. So yeah. he now became my first co-founder. Yeah. yeah, at sixteen, while I was building. So we always talk together. We are very good friends. We work together. We discuss movie doc and also discuss um what we are doing. This product we didn't have a name at the time. Yeah. yeah. But the name of the company that I had registered with my friends a few years ago was named Cider. Mm. Yeah, it was named Cider Works. Mm. So. Cider works. Oh, let me tell you. Do you know what cider means? What? It's an apple juice. Yeah. Oh, okay. So because of my love for apple, <laughs> I knew that everything I was going to make was going to come from everything I learned 
deal breaking. My love for Apple as a company. Mm-hmm. You get so Cider Works was like a derivative of Apple. Yeah. Do you understand our ideology? That was the yeah. ideology between Cider Works. Yeah. So the company was going to work the way Apple worked. Yes. Yeah, because of my obsession with iPhones and Apple. No, I, I missed this part. I think I sent a mail to um, Tim Cook when he became CEO. Yeah, I have this idea that I believe strongly that I was the best person to bring Apple to Africa. And I sent him this mail. <laughs> and then did he reply? No, I didn't get a response. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't get a response. So I did so Cider worked, so it was Cider and Moby Doc at the time. So while all this was happening, me and the founders had a disagreement. Mm. Yeah, because it felt like it was a conflict of interest. I had already told these guys that this is what I was working on on the side though. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then they, we had a disagreement. So I made a mistake on my part to not communicate that. Oh, Sherlock and I were not working on this while mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out Moby Doc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not working, we were trying to figure out Moby Doc. So I was trying to raise money for Moby Doc. So I went to a company, there was an early venture firm called Startpreneurs, it was in Abuja. Mm-hmm. So I went to tell her that, oh, this is what I'm working on. I'm trying to raise money to try to figure out. Remember, I was still, after NYC, I didn't have money. Yes. Yeah. I was not selling my Apple devices frequently, like I wanted to. Mm. Yeah, because I was focused on, I wanted everybody to be able to use this mm. product. And I want to be able to sell my own devices too on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I named my, what I was going to, whatever I was going to be able to be called Made by O'Neill. So mm. any Apple device or anything is going to be called Made by O'Neill. That's mm. how you put it. So I was working on Cider and then the movie dog. So we had a disagreement and then we had a falling out. Wow. We had a falling out with that company. So movie dog just went down the drain. So it never got in Lagos. This was Abuja. Oh, you had even come back to Abuja yeah, after I'd that. Come back to Abuja after that whole pitch. We were meant to go to Dubai, but I think because we already had a falling out, I didn't go to Dubai with them. So the other guys went to Dubai. Mm. With them and so I didn't really know what happened at that whole point. So the all the people that I brought to form that whole Mobidoc team, mm. all of them went with they left me and then they went with him. So I had to start again from scratch. So it was just Sherlock and I at this stage. So this was like the second time of me starting of all my friends leaving me. Wow. You get the first time was at due day, second yeah. time was at Mobidoc. Mm. Uh-huh. So it was like I was not the bad guy. So that was yeah. where my relationship with Zara and all those people ended. All these people. So the movie doc, I don't really know what really happened at the end of it, but it didn't really come to fruition. Mm. So Shadrack and I were building this product together. So we knew that, okay, we're going to build something. So while we were working on something, we came up with, we were looking for food. Mm. Yeah, we were hungry while we were working together. This was Wuse 2. So we were working at Zone 4 in Wuse 2. That's where the movie doc office was. So we were working at Zone 2. And then they were like, we're always hungry. So we're always looking for where to eat. Mm-hmm. You're looking for where to eat. So like, ah, so there's nobody around here that sells food that we can buy from. Or there's nobody, all these people look at all these houses in Zofo and say that nobody can cook food for us and then we just <laughs> give them money. Because anytime you try to order food from Junior Food or a time or whatever was at the time, they will tell us it will take 30 minutes to come or whatever. They will bring the wrong food. So we used to order from Inkata or Junior Food to bring food to the office. But it, it took so much time. Like, I'm sure there's nobody nearby that mm. could help us find food. So we realized that, okay, how about we help us? And then we're playing, okay, before I even get there. So we used to play this game, Pokemon Go. It became, it became popular at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you know Pokemon Go? Mm-hmm. The, yes, the... Pokemon Go. Yeah, the... so you, you use your phone to find Pokemons and then you save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people were going around holding their phones, looking for Pokemons. Mm-hmm. 
So me and Shadrach, when we are born, when we are bored, we'll go outside of the office holding our phones, looking for Pokemon goals, and then we'll save them. Hey, hey, hey. Let me just quickly jump in here to interrupt this amazing story. I know, I know. Don't worry, I'll be out of here in no time. <laughs> just wanted to let you know that you can follow me on all social media platforms. And here's why. Beyond startup stories, I do a little bit of startup education, just talking about things that um, startup founders need to be acquainted with. For example, investments. How does that work? What does it mean to build a team? What are the minds? What is the most important thing you need to have in mind while building a startup, right? And many more. So feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Same name, Cynthia Ichiso. All right, let's get back into the story. Cheers. And you're like, how come? What is this Pokemon goes? As we're going around, you see a business we like, we save it. Mm. yeah that's what so every time i go around so if i go to ah see this person i bought it from i'll save it so if mm. everybody was was posting like they were pokemons everybody would open their phones and be finding all of them nearby mm. and saving them to their contacts so anytime they want to buy food to, to, to do that so we named this app called vendor that work like pokemon go but it was mm. social and the goal was helping people to be able to find people nearby so that we could reach out to them mm-hmm. remember that what every idea we're working on was going to work on on two different things was going to help businesses start and they had to work work the way people use their phones every day and the way people use their phones every day at that time was social media whatsapp and things so this had to work that same way so snapchat mm-hmm. was popular at that time so this was working like snapchat so mm-hmm. it's open you you figure out a way to say okay if you post a picture of my food here in someone's house, everybody around will be able to say that I sell food. So I don't need a physical shop to get. Mm-hmm. I cannot easily walk to you. When I walk to you, I see that you're real, you're trust. I've connected to you and then I can tell people. Mm-hmm. So that was the first app we built. So it was called Vendor. Mm-hmm. So we named this app Vendor. Then mm-hmm. I went to a trade fair. We got we got, got Vendor. It was really popular. We got amongst our friends, we got about 600 downloads. Wow. We were really excited. That, oh, <laughs> I up got this this many downloads. So we were really excited. But him, he was planning to go to school. I think his parents were putting pressure on him to go to school. Mm. So we went to this trade fair to try to test it at the trade fair. I didn't know how to talk to the businesses because the businesses did not care about it. <laughs> All the vendors didn't care about it. So I didn't know how to pitch it. Yeah. Mm. So one day after the office, I just took a walk. I walked around. So we, we, after we left MobyDoc, we mm. went to... Um, we got a space that was like, okay, we're going to build this space. So my mom was helping us pay for like a space, like mm-hmm. a workspace called Bantu Studio. So Bantu Studio was like a place where creatives to come to just create content, create content, music, and things. It was as Wuse Zone 4. was as Wuse 2 at the time. Mm-hmm. Behind where Domino's is right now. Wuse mm-hmm. 2. So we, we were there and um We'll just be going around trying our Pokemon Go. One day I just took a walk from that Domino's from mm-hmm. our office to Banex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had a lot of people who sold. I remember, I didn't talk about it. I already met a lot of people at Banex by this time. Yes. Who were my suppliers for Apple devices that I would sell to my friends? Mm-hmm. That's how I was making money in this whole period that I've been talking about since. 
That's how I was making money. So I met somebody outside who was who knew how to unlock iPhones. Yeah, who knew how to unlock iPhones. And then because we both knew this was a regular Banex person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we both knew so much about Apple, Apple, I was explaining to him how to do break. I understood all the terms he was using. But mm -hmm. the only difference was that him was a Banex under an umbrella. Why <laughs> I used to just come and buy things from me. So we had this relationship. His name is Jeff. Mm. Yeah, at Banex. So I already built a relationship. I knew who to supply. I knew how to get good prices. I knew all these things. So I'll go to Banex. I just knew who to call and will bring it to my house. And you get the same thing I was doing in Covenant University, was what I was doing in Abuja. Yeah. And spending to my friends who I already built relationships with. Mm -hmm. You get. So that's what I was doing. So I, do, I took a walk that day with this vendor app and I went to different shops. So like, I was trying to convince them to use this app. So I, I was trying to talk to even the guys. Them too, they didn't understand what we were building because even me too, I didn't fully encapsulate what I was doing. You get it. I didn't fully organize or communicate what I was, what I was building properly. So mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, we don't need this now. We don't need this now. But I just figured that ideally, this is how business should work. I should be able to start a business today Everybody I'm in contact with should be able to patronize me, pay me, chat with me, communicate with me, the way I use my phone every day in one app. Mm. So I walked every day, went from one shop to, I think I went to over 20 shops that day under the sun. None of them answered me, so I walked back to the office. So a few, a few moments after, I think a few days after, I stumbled on a video by New York Times on how WeChat became a superpower, a super app mm. in China. How WeChat became a super app in China. And mm -hmm. then um, I started to watch that video. So it says WeChat, because there was no WhatsApp, mm -hmm. there's no Facebook, there's mm -hmm. no YouTube, Google, in all, all these apps in China, the the system it was a closed ecosystem. So they built an app that fits the needs of Chinese people in that closed system. So WhatsApp, um, WeChat did not intend to be a super app. It just became it just became where everybody was. And because everybody was there, they naturally started to do business there. You get mm. And then payments entered because all my friends are here. It makes sense to just pay you directly on the platform. So the, mm. And then the business model of WeChat was different from the business model of social apps in the mm. West. So the business model of social apps in the West runs around advertisements. Mm. And the business model of social apps in China runs around payments. Mm. You get Yeah. yeah. So, and China was China is a lot like Nigeria, so they have trust issues. Um, it, it's hard for them to trust people. They didn't have ATM cards. They didn't have ATM POS. Their payment service was not good, so they built payment systems directly into the social apps mm -hmm. that they already had. So that gave me inspiration. That, that like ah, this is what I'm doing was for Africa. Mm. Yeah, but obviously it's not going to work the same way. Yes. It's not going to work the same way. So I was not trying to copy WeChat directly the mm -hmm. same way. So I, I put out a post that, oh, I need to raise money to be able to... My, okay, so I, okay before, I'm skipping things now. So while I learned that, I went back to Telshir Drak, my co-founder. So he was still preparing, figuring out how to navigate the pressure of his parents to tell him to go to school. Yeah, yeah. Because I was not seeing him as often. So I was seeing him, he'll come to the office two days a week the workspace two days a week right now. So I started to see him less and less. Yeah. And then one day I stopped hearing from him. Yeah. So before then, 
I had raised, I put out a twist that I wanted to raise $50 to build something. I needed some money to be able to pay for things. So a lot of people who knew me from school sent their $50 in different things, people abroad. And I was keeping all this money in Sherlock's account. Whoa. So while we had done some things, I stopped him from Sherlock, all that money had left. Mm. Yeah, and I had, and I had given a stick to Cider to those people too. To mm. the people who were like, ah, okay, what do I do next? <laughs> so this was 2017. So wow. this was the time when my uh, uh this is the third time, I mean, yeah, this is the third time. Yeah. So by this time again, I went to Lagos. Mm. I was so confused about everything. Left Bantu Studio. I already I made friends at Bantu Studio. Yeah. Everybody, people, these people supported me so much. So everybody loved Shedrack. Nobody could hear from Shedrack again. Yeah. It disappeared. And that's how that vendor product was got off. Yeah. So I went to I went to Lagos to go and steal with my mom. Because I was living, living with my aunt in Abuja. To go and yeah. steal with my mom. And then from there, that's when I joined. My, um, um, and I saw a flyer about a church nearby. Mm. That I've been hearing from about since secondary school, that celebration church. Mm-hmm. So I, it was, and it was just down the road. It was just like next door, because <laughs> I was living in Oregon, and celebration church then was in Yard One Five Eight or Oregon. So it was just like a walk down. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy for me to go. And then I went there, and all my friends from CU, my computer science people were there. Mm-hmm. So it felt very natural. <laughs> you get to just be there. <laughs> then after a few teachings. And I got a very strong conviction of that that was going to be my church because one day I was church hopping. I was moving from church to church. I went from Conference, I went from Conference University to Winners to Living Faith. Mm-hmm. And then and I was still trying to figure out my faith. Yes, mm-hmm. too. I was very, very inquisitive. And then but I finally landed in in um, celebration church there. Mm-hmm. So what now happened was I was not figuring out how to recuperate, how to start again. Mm. I still had the same burning idea that the same burning vision that oh, it should be very easy for people to do business every day the way they use their phones every day. Mm-hmm. And the way people still use their phones every day was not the way people do business every day. There's a very strong gap. Mm-hmm. And me, there's still nothing that will still make me, even though I start a business on social media, I'll be advertising and not selling. Mm. Do you get you get the difference? Yeah. I have to do things that creators do. I have to post contents frequently, unless I'll be lost. You mm. have to get people to follow my daily activity. Uh, so the closest thing that was there was WhatsApp. But WhatsApp did not have payments. So it was not complete. There are still some things. And these platforms owners were designing it around advertisements and not business. So there's still a very big gap mm. in what I was trying to build. So after Celebration Church, I came back to Abuja. I, I came back to, this was 2017, I came back to Abuja after I spent some time in Lagos. Came back to stay with my aunt. And then one of my friends my friend's dad called me, like, ah, come, what are you doing yourself with your life? Mm-hmm. And then I told him, oh, well, this is what I'm working on. So my friend now, his name is Olao Lucifer. It's his dad that called me. Mm-hmm. So he called me, I'm like, ah, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to build this. So Olao so told him the story of mm-hmm. how I've been trying to build something for a while to get what I was very confident in what I was building, but it had not yet clicked. Mm-hmm. It was 20, it was, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. That not yet clicked. So I said, okay, no problem. I want my son to work with you somehow. Somehow. Okay, so we're just having those conversations. Then in 2018, Celebration Church came to Abuja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celebration Church came to Abuja. So, and it was very close to where my friend's house was. 
<laughs> yeah, I was living in Gariki. Celebration Church opened in Sedi Plaza, so it was very close. I was like, ah, oh, no brainer. I was so happy that Celebration Church, it felt like the church was following me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it felt like the church was following me. So as I just came, because I was sad that I was living in Abuja and I was going to, not going to go to church again. Celebration yeah. Church, start church hunting. So I opened the flyer, saw that Celebration Church was coming to Abuja, went for the first service. I was so excited to see more people, was excited about what was going on. But yeah. I was still not fully committed to Celebration Church at the time. Yeah. Yeah, still fully committed. Then my friend's dad called me again. Oh, he keep calling me to the house. I feel like, oh, he wants to give me three million. No, he, okay, he didn't say three million. So I, while I was figuring out how to start the game, so I already learned how to design. Remember, I took a design file. I was already learning how to replicate apps. So mm -hmm. I had like a design prototype on my own. I was good at design at that stage on my own. Mm -hmm. I already designed the prototype of how it was going to work. This service was going to work. And then the next I wanted to build it. I didn't have Shedrack. I didn't have anybody. So I reached out to a company boldly that I have this company and this is what I wanted to do. So, 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 so. I need to build it. And they gave me an invoice. And the cost of what they, what they charged me was $3 million. Wow. I, So I didn't know what to do. So I went to So Laulu's dad, when Laulu's dad called me, my friend's dad, I told him, oh, I need $3 million to be able to build things to this stage. He's like, okay, he's going to give me the $3 million, But he's going to give me his stages. Mm. Yeah, I was going to give me the stages. So I started again. So design, I was hoping that, oh, I will give them this my prototype. These people were professional designers. They would design everything and a level where I could market it. You mm. get on my own, at least get people to understand how to build it again. Mm. So I told them I wanted to build a chat app with a wallet. So they built the chat app and then they built a payment system. So, but while all these things were happening, you were not understanding it in detail the way it works because they were expecting it to work in their own mind. Like, like because it was yeah. a contract, they yeah. didn't understand it fully, fully. Mm. So there was not another conflict again at that point. Mm. So I now took the app again. I took the first version of the app that they gave they gave me, and then I started designing it the way I felt it should work. Mm. You get. I should be able to send money in chats. Design the bubbles. I should be able to do this this way. I should be able to I'll collect people's phone number. This mm -hmm. is the way it should be. So I now have to find somebody that could continue building on what I've gotten from Dev Center. Mm. Yeah. So I found another Dev friend. Huh? Dev was in Nigeria. Yeah, the Nigerian company. Yeah. Mm. And you yeah. already spent the whole three million already. Yeah. So we already spent like no, we didn't spend the whole three million. We have spent over half of it until I told them that oh there was no point it just give us this, this early version and just we couldn't yeah. complete the project to get because yeah. I was designing things at this point. So at this time I think I had like just one million left or yeah. million something something left. So I needed somebody to just finish some parts. So I hired a somebody to come and just finish some parts for me on the contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That person now became my co-founder to the Ahala. Yeah. Yeah. So he became my co-founder to Ahala. Laulu was still there. He wasn't fully committed. It was just it was like an investment. So he used to help me around with some things because he didn't really have the skill sets at that time. To figure out how it was going to work. So yeah. while I was doing this, my new co-founder somehow invited another friend who was a developer to help me build it. So I kept selling the vision mm -hmm. of the way people do business every day is not the way people use their phones every day. <laughs> you get <laughs> and the gap. It's still the same thing I was selling to them. It, it was not fully formed, but they just believed in me somehow. <laughs> they believed in me somehow that um, this person was working. So by the time the name I went to I knew I didn't name it vendor. This when the name changed to Hala. Mm. Yeah, this when the name changed to Hala, because the name vendor didn't really communicate what I really wanted. It seemed like oh, it was only vendors that needed to download the app. Mm. Yeah, so I was like ah no, 
So remember what I now told you, what I told you that the most important thing is trust. Now, yeah. when someone patronizes you, the first thing that you want, what you want the business to do is to maintain a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what people will normally do is use WhatsApp to exchange phone numbers and then I use WhatsApp to chat it you. So yeah. the goal was let them use Hala instead for this purpose. So I'll Hala so that I'll be able to Hala to you. Mm. You get so, so that's where we now choose the name Hala. Mm. I'll be able to Hala to you anytime. So because I'm this the purpose of this chat app is specifically to for me to be able to patronize you. Mm. You get that was the pitch. Yeah. So we were doing it some doing it well, we we're trying to figure out how to do it, how to uh sell this to some people. So while we were maintaining app, I was just designing how the payment system is going to work because I realized that there are three things required for all business to happen. Mm-hmm. Again, I have to be able to connect it to somewhere. So that's WhatsApp already does that. I have to mm-hmm. be able to I have to be able to showcase what I'm selling. Instagram does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But payments. How do I pay you? So mm-hmm. currently, is it that I'm using both Instagram, WhatsApp, and then using my bank app. So I have to use three different apps to handle all my commerce activities. Mm. Yeah. All these things should be able to happen in one app. Mm. These three things. I should be able to connect, communicate, and pay with you in one app. Mm-hmm. So we started to build out a payment system. So this is this is about 2019 to 2020, 2020 now before COVID. Yeah. So we started to build out a payment system. So the chat system was done. So my co-founder and I were building the, the rest of the team. That was me, Samuel, and the other guy. We are building mm-hmm. out the payment system. So we built out our own payment and wallet disbursement system from scratch. Wow. And we're testing this with our friends from scratch. We're not getting any noise, but I kept doing it every day. We figure, oh, it should work this way. Oh, this is how this will be. And then we're designing the security. So I was getting inspiration from God on that nobody was thinking about mm. on how to design security. Because remember that I was already practicing to know how and why apps did the way they, why the way they did some things you get like in terms of me design perspective yeah for example there's a reason why it is harder to hack somebody's whatsapp than mm. instagram because whatsapp only allows you to use it on one device per time and it works with phone numbers you get yeah. Yeah. on instagram i can only have one whatsapp on one device per time so all these things are it's harder for is is security by design mm. yeah on Instagram, it's easier for me to have multiple accounts. I can have multiple accounts on one place. So people can create fish accounts. It's not so unique. You get trust is less there mm-hmm. on that platform. So while we are learning from all these things, I was designing security into the app from scratch because I already practiced and studied so many apps. Mm. So I did, to today, I was telling, I think I was telling one of my co-founders, we've done over 900 iterations of Hala. Wow. That's changing. Taking it down, changing, proving some things, moving things, moving here, based off my talking to people every day. Mm. We've done over 900 attrition. So, as of the time, we kept building and changing, build, built out our own payment system. And the market was the market was getting prepared because the market was not ready at that time. Mm-hmm. Because Paystack, there was no Paystack, Paystack came. Mm-hmm. And, and then Paystack was helping businesses assess payments. That was a that was a uh, help businesses asset payment. So you can integrate Paystack into your website, integrate Paystack as a link mm-hmm. at that time. Flutterwave came, um, bank transfer became better, I said get faster. So it began to feel like people didn't really need an app for what would I send you? We're doing it on an app for payments to get mm-hmm. for payments at the time. So the mistake we made, the mistake I made was I was distracted by the payments ecosystem. Mm. I was distracted by the startup ecosystem. So 
because a lot of people were raising money and attention was going into payments and fintech, mm -hmm. I started to position Hala as a fintech business. Mm -hmm. I started to position Hala as a fintech business. So it became another fintech app in the minds of everybody I was talking to. Mm. Forgetting that the main reason why I was building this in the first place was an app for people to start business and do business every day the way they do business with their phones. Mm. You get the difference. Yeah. yeah. So I don't use PayStack to start a business. Mm. Someone wants to start a business today, they either start it on social media or a physical stock. Well, how do they use, how do the people use their phones every day to patronize people? The only thing that people use their phones every day to patronize people is payment. You get yeah. so that, that's where it was. So there was a very strong gap between that thing that I was trying to cover, but I was distracted by that payment, 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 so for payment because payment in Nigeria started getting better and better and better. So nobody needed new payment apps. <laughs> you get so we were talking about how they were solving for payments. People don't people didn't need new payment apps or they just needed one tiny utility. But this is my app. If every business can be on this app, including banks, you don't need another app. Unless you build one app that you can use for all your business and that works every day on your phone, remember? Yes. Exactly. So while I was distracted by that, and so I was distracted by whole that flow, thinking that we we're building a payment app. We we're building, we we're solving for payments. But it was good because we were building the strength of our payment system. Mm. That whole period. So people were confused with our messaging, mm. but people still believed in us. So mm. I knew that Hala was not going to grow until people understood the message first. So mm. God helped me understand this in 2021. Mm. Yeah. So we tried, 2021 was a year of a lot of experiments. We experimented a lot. We changed our logo change different things, trying to fit into different spaces. Oh, okay, today we are like Piggy Vest. Oh, today oh, we are like this. Oh, you can do this. Because we are confused. I didn't know how to make sense of all the feedback I was getting. Mm. And I forgot the main purpose and the main vision that God gave me mm. a while ago when I started at first. Mm. So but as time began to, time to go by and then I prayed, God told me to go back to the main reason why we started. Like little by little in faces. Mm. Yeah. So we went from okay, Hala is a payment app that used to do business. To get a payment app that businesses use a lot. So mm. while I was in church, we were trying to say, okay, use this for payments. When they use it for payments, they will stay in contact with you and they can keep paying you. Mm. That was what we started to pitch. So we we're doing that. So I focus on a, a community in Abuja because we're building a network. Mm. Yeah. So networks are really hard to build. So for example, let me let me quickly explain. So if if you invent in phone today. Yeah, it means that the only person I can call, and, you, and there are only two phones in the world, the only person I can call is me and you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you get So mm -hmm. you need to be able to sell your phone to everybody before I can call. You need to be able mm -hmm. to sell phones to everybody before I can call. So the network is dependent on everybody having the app mm. for it to work. You get Instagram is dependent on uh, WhatsApp. For you to use WhatsApp, you need to know another person that has WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. For you to use WhatsApp is a network. Instagram is a network. Social media, ne social media networks are networks. So mm -hmm. social media networks. I need to be able to use Twitter to be able to see your tweets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's not how payment works. Mm. You get so that's where the disparity was. Yeah. So because so we need to we need to figure out how to separate the idea to teach you that almost if you're on this app, it's faster, it's better than what you already use. But because the banking system was getting better and better, mm. people didn't really see reason for it. So it, it caused like a very big destruction. 
But as I kept spending time in church, in this celebration church, I got the opportunity to build like a network to experiment, talk to people, get feedback, make mistakes, go back every week, try again, come back, hear what people say, go back, try again. So I did it every day. And then uh, I think by, I was doing it and the app was getting better and better. We're adding useful features. Sometimes I'll go to people's houses. Then, and I, uh, this, is, this is over six, seven years. I'd gotten to the point where I could observe how people were using their phones and try to see how can replace to Hala. I got so good at it. Like, oh, I realized that people, for example, we removed phone numbers from adding people on Hala mm -hmm. because we realized that when people meet people they don't know offline, they stopped exchanging phone numbers. They're exchanging Instagram handles. Mm. Yes. So we built a mention, a, a handle system into Hala. Mm. And in our it now made sense with our branding. So holla at the person. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we moved. So we started to make changes based off what we're observing real people do every day with their mm -hmm. phone every day. So the words that I'm using consistently are every day with their phones. Mm. Yeah. What do you do with your phone every day? So we're building all these things and then we're thinking about that's how we start to iterate all the features. Fortunately mm. for me, my co-founders were patient enough. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't paying them so much. I was figuring out things. I wasn't paying them so much. But as God will have it, God was blessing them with gigs. Mm. God was blessing them with gigs. And God was blessing me with people buying my Apple devices. Mm. Even when I was not marketing. Because I didn't need to market anymore. Mm. Did you get? Because I already built relationships. So I was getting all my Apple devices, even to today, is via referral. Yeah. Which is more effective. Which became very effective for me. So I didn't have, I didn't need, I knew that my platform was going to be the platform that I would use instead of Instagram, whatever it was going to work. Because mm -hmm. maintaining relationships, I didn't want to start with advertisements. I wanted to start with doing business people I've already stayed in contact with. Because that's how I worked often. That's how I worked every day. Mm. You go to a physical store, when you buy, you now know this person, you stay in contact with that person. You cannot recommend that person to another person. So you share contact. Mm. Yeah. So that, that was the ideology. No one to build because I just needed 1,000 contacts who already knew me, who could buy my things every day, who trust me because that solves the trust problem. So while I was doing it, I started getting better at understanding what I was building, why I was building, and how I was different. So when I not detached myself from, yo, I'm not necessarily building a payment system, I began to see things. I started to go back to the main picture of why God helps me build. Yeah, and then we now started to change our messaging again and we started to test. So fortunately, we now got somebody who had been observing me mm. for the past few years, randomly called me and then did an investment in me. Oh, wow. And, I, and a team did an investment in me. We didn't do an announcement because uh, we didn't want it to. We didn't think we didn't, that announcements bring unnecessary attention that may not be good. Uh, some things that God was it felt like God was guarding me from some things so while I desired to raise a lot of money or raise a lot of things I wasn't getting all of those but mm. God somehow just kept providing for us part time mm. so yeah oh my developer will get a good job without earning so much money so he may not be pressured so even mm. though I was losing time so he, even though he wouldn't deliver tasks on time because I was not paying him as much as I should mm -hmm. yeah that time was used to refine the ideas until he mm. could do it Mm. so I was iterating smartly mm. you get with the patience of the people the community that I had who just believed that um, Marvin is doing something I'm just going to support him because of my church mm. <laughs> that kind of thing
but it helped and it got better. So I, as we kept getting better, people started to believe me more, believe me more. And then as the vision became better, we started to say that, oh, we started to change our messaging mm. slowly away from payment only to patronize. Yeah. Oh, Hala is what I used to patronize this person. So if I go to a physical store or if I go to anybody, I see somebody in person, anybody I contact with that buys this person, Hala is what I used to stay in touch with that person so that I can keep patronizing that person. Just like WhatsApp. Yeah, just like WhatsApp. Well, we pay, but it's not like it's not like WhatsApp. It works too differently. So we start to differentiate ourselves from WhatsApp. What are the limitations WhatsApp has? WhatsApp does not have a recommendation system. You can't search for anybody on WhatsApp, but you can't find them. So we start to build our features to solve problems that WhatsApp did not have. Mm-hmm. Do you get? So yeah. like, you can if you want to search for, um, let's say I want to search for you now. I need to collect your phone number before I can yeah. even chat with you. Yeah. So we remove phone numbers. We now introduce search. We can search for anybody on Hala. Mm. Find them. WhatsApp does not let you showcase clearly as cleanly as Instagram. So we designed a way to showcase. So if I see what you're selling, you can even add the price and then I can pay you directly on the platform. All, all the things I need to start a business. If I had Hala today in 2013, yes, and I've been the biggest, I'll have convinced Steve Jobs, I've convinced Steve Cook to make me the, his main supplier. Yeah, because... I strongly believe that that is all the things that we've built are the things that people need to start a business and maintain and do all their business the way they use their phones every day. Mm. So that's that's what I remember now about our story. (laughs) (laughs) Truly amazing. Like the journey is just incredible how you're making simple iterations, minimum iterations, small iterations until you got to a point where it became clear. I think this is super important for for founders because I don't know, I can't remember the founder I was having a conversation with, probably one of the podcasts, but he did mention that what um, okay, I think it was, he used Facebook as an example, like what Facebook started off with is very different from what it is now, right? Yeah. What Whatever startup that we're looking up to now did it not start out the way, you know, it is looking so perfect right now, and so what you've done is to be able to explain in detail. We may not be able to have Mark Zuckerberg's version of his own iteration process, but yeah. I think yours we already understand that you know the startup journey you're constantly evolving, and the most important thing is that you're evolving with the customer in mind. You're building for the customer in mind, and you've just yeah. shown how making mistakes is not so bad. Like it's even better you make the mistake and you learn from it. I think it was another founder that mentioned that. that mistakes are not so bad as far as you you're able to learn from it as you know lessons failure is not really as bad as you think unless you're able to learn from it as lessons and that's what you literally do um yeah, did I, with. I, 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 there is something that I, I want to even say concerning this that helps me yeah i believe yeah. that all founders or all entrepreneurs every entrepreneur regardless of regardless of what you think you are you need to understand that you need god to be able to achieve the things that you did. Because I don't, I don't think that I'll have been able to do what I did without God. And I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg will have been able to do the things he needs to do without God. Because I believe that all big ideas are sponsored by the Spirit. And mm. all big ideas have a salvific, a salvific perspective. perspective. <laughs> so <laughs> Pastor Aaron says, he uses the word salvific a lot. And I realize it. So this, this means what I've come to understand. Every founder... Or every founder with a big idea should have this desire to save the world. Mm. So you look at everybody now in, in the world that's doing big things. 
Elon Musk is trying to save the world. <laughs> it's an okay idea. He's trying to save the world. Um, what uh, Facebook started accidentally because they don't just build a yearbook app, mm. but he believed that the world's information that if we could connect people together, it would give them the ability to be able to do much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are some things that drive people. The same to any other person. Jesus wanted to save the world. Jesus is saving the world. So every startup founder should have this, I have this desire to save problem, to save the world and be able to understand their problem and articulate it and love the problem. Because one of the consistent things about me, the reason why I didn't jump up Mm. Or I didn't give up. It's because I loved the problem that I was trying to solve. Mm. So I loved the problem. I didn't love the solution. Yeah, that's why I was able to change, like develop, start again. Mm. I didn't love the solution I was building. I loved the problem. So that's why I was able to reiterate, change some things, change some things. So founders don't really, don't really think about the things this way. And I believe strongly that God wants everyone to be an entrepreneur. Everyone. And people, people may not see it, but the vision of Hala is that everybody becomes an entrepreneur. And I believe it's a God-given vision. Mm. This is because God wants every man to be fruitful. And fruitfulness is about entrepreneurship. So mm. if you look at it, so it says, I think Miles Moron was one that explained this properly. Mm. So fruitful people see fruitful as, oh, have children. It just really means dominion. The, the, the goal for every man, before the world even fell, what the first command he gave to Adam was for Adam to dominate the earth, to take advantage of natural resources mm -hmm. and make them thin. I can bet he found a way to sit down on a tree. He cut it down and found a way to make it a, a chair. You get like people, somebody found a way to make a, a, a plant medicine. Somebody found a way to make a chair out of a tree. Somebody mm -hmm. found a way to look at a natural resource and make something out of it. That's what fruitfulness means. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship is the ability to exchange that value that you've created, that fruit for another mm -hmm. person to be able to eat. That's what it says. So people should be able to eat your fruits. That's what fruitfulness means. And that's what entrepreneurship means. So for, but for someone to be able to eat your fruits, you have to value it. So you have to, so if you're a person of value, you're an entrepreneur. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I believe. And the world needs more entrepreneurs. Africa's biggest problem is that we don't have enough entrepreneurs we are not maximizing entrepreneurial resources mm. yeah we are not a productive nation so mm. the the most valuable thing about any country is their gross natural productivity gross national productivity so the average person should be productive yeah so if the average african is not productive they cannot be wealthy mm. yeah they cannot be wealthy so we need to create platforms that allows gives everyone equal opportunity to be entrepreneurs now, social media has done this through, uh, social media has really done this because now everybody can say they want to be a creator. You can be a creator today mm. because once you open Instagram, you already have a camera, you click, people already see it. That's how you start your creative journey. Mm -hmm. But years ago, nobody could think about being a creator. To mm. get your news, you get your news from CNN. Now, I just follow somebody. I can follow anybody on Twitter and get all the news I want. Anybody can tweet. That's a news agency. MKBHD mm -hmm. now. And what's the difference between MKBSD and uh, a, a tech review, like a mm -hmm. CNET? There's no difference. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that MKBSD had a camera and had YouTube. Well, because YouTube existed, it gave him the ability to become a media giant. Mm -hmm. So I can make a small chop seller, mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, a dangote. Mm -hmm. 
because it's not about the product itself. Yeah, it's the business of it. Mm. If one million people buy your small shop, what's the difference between somebody that sells rice and chicken outside church and chicken mm. in public? Mm. There's really no difference. The difference is that people patronize chicken in public more than you, and you've designed the system for it to work. But chicken in public, you start by selling chicken in public to one person. Mm-hmm. One million times for them to be able to do something. So it's just about it's about relationships. So there's some things that all entrepreneurs need to understand about these things and figure out how it applies to them. But God can only open your mind to what you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I believe. Wow. It's it's funny how you already um leading to like my final question, right? Yeah. Which is like a major advice that you have for startup founders in Nigeria, in Africa as a whole. Who are currently building like incredible products, but doing it in secret. Like, for example, you mentioned the fact that you know you raised, you raised money, but you didn't you didn't do any form of announcements, right? Pretty much something very similar, like doing something, but it's in secret, it's not yet out, but it's actually changing lives. Like, what advice do you have for that person so that the person um can build something that really gives value? Yeah. So be- because I did that, does not mean. It worked. It doesn't tailored for me. Like so, yeah. I, I I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, this is what I did. You should do. Like, yeah. I I don't I don't think so. I just think is the is a mindset you need to have. You need to love your problem. I need to see people as food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let me explain that. So, Mars Morrow says something that lions, when lions come out, they see all animals as food. Even the elephants are bigger than it. Mm. That's my food. It's hunger. <laughs> yeah, I have to be able to eat food today. So it doesn't care whether the animal is bigger than him. Mm-hmm. The lion is not the biggest animal in the world. He sees every animal as food. So if he's hungry, he's going to eat it. So as a founder, when you come out and you see people, every time I go to church and I see people, I'm looking at food. That's my pocket. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not going to manipulate them. I'm going to mm-hmm. inspire them. I'm going to sell products to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. So sell, if you look at it this way, don't love your solution, love the problem. And every the last thing is, every problem is a business. Mm. Yeah, every problem is a business. If somebody cannot breathe, you package oxygen for them. You started a business. You know who your customer is. You send the oxygen to them in hospitals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it. It's oxygen that all of us are breathing. But mm-hmm. the problem is, in hospital, this person cannot breathe. This person needs oxygen. You, you go and packages and sell it to the person in hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get somebody mm-hmm. does not have shoes you figure out how to make shoes that he'll make that make him look good people are bored make them entertained you get so you need to understand that every problem nendra one of the reasons why i'm in nendra is because nendra has a lot of problems mm. and I, like i said every problem is a business or is your this person's problem oh i know this person says i want water but i don't have water but you have access to water Mm-hmm. You figuring out how to get water to that person and that person paying you is a business. Mm. And the easiest way to start it, we need, we need easier way to start it. And that's why I'm building Hala. So you need to find your own, find whatever it is and just solve people's problems. Mm. Not your own not your own idea of a problem. People's mm-hmm. problems. Wow, that's, that's super important. Like, not your own idea of a problem, but yeah. people's problems. Wow, yeah. this is incredible. This is such a just a, such a very packed um um session talking about Marvin's journey. I mean, by the time t- you see him tomorrow, big things, you know, changing the lives of many people around the world. You know that 
there was a journey, right? And this was how he started doing this with many people leaving him, many ups and downs, but he kept going at this idea. Thank you so much, Marvin, for being here, for sharing your story, you know, genuine, um, vulnerable, open about, you know, your, your journey of building um, Hala. Thank you so much for being part of it today. All right, so there you have it. Thank you so much for listening up to this point. I'm really excited that you stayed all the way to this point where you're hearing my voice. But don't just keep this to yourself. Share with community, friends, family, startup founders that you know will really, really need this. And also, send me a DM of how this has helped you or what way you were blessed by it. You can send me an email, send me a VN. I'll be really, really excited to receive it. All right. There you have it. I remain Cynthia Ichisum, and this is Startup Stories with Cynthia.